we're all trading and buying stock and selling it and we're yeah. all come from different you know generations and my yeah. mom is asking like what stock am i gonna buy like yeah. did you make a you know a account for me and so you know i think it really speaks to that in which um i don't think it's ever too late to really start uh improving your financial literacy or start taking you know thinking about how important it is Zach Servideo here from Boston Speaks Up. I'm here with Stanley Rameau. Hey, yeah. I say that right? That's perfect. That's All right, perfect. cool. I used to go Stan the Man, but we could, we could do yeah, Stanley well, Rameau. <laughs> that's actually, the, the Stan the Man's probably what we're going to go with from here. Uh, so oh, are you man, cool I with, set myself up. Are you, cool with, are you cool with Stan or do you like Stanley, like your full yeah, name? Yeah, Stan, Stanley, either or. Now, yeah. What do you prefer? Do you have a preference? I actually don't have a preference. Sweet. I grew up, you know, the... I think it's typical Stan is like, you know, the general nickname of yeah. Stanley, but yeah. I think most people give me, call me, call me Stanley. I don't think I'm even cool. paying attention to it. Yeah. Cool. So I'll call you Stanley because I'm not running out at like breath on a field, but <laughs> as an athlete, like I would just call you Stan oh, yeah, if I was playing soccer or basketball because it's just the most efficient way to get your attention. That's perfect. Pass me the ball, Stan. Nah, I'm taking the shot. <laughs> like, nah. All right, that's fine. I'll go box out. So, uh, so you know, listeners just... Um, Quick promo for Startup Boston Week that was gracious enough to have have me here and the Value Creation Labs team. Um, really, really grateful to be here. Um, it's Thursday of Startup Boston Week. There's still one more day to go. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, I'm here with Stanley Rameau. He is from Renovest. And Stanley, I'd love for you to just take an opportunity to let folks know, Absolutely. all the listeners that are going to hear this on demand after, um, what you're up to. Absolutely. And uh, again, thank you, Zach, for having me be here. Uh, feeling very grateful. Uh, so I'm a founder in Boston. Um, started Renovest about 2022, fully launched. Um, but it kind of kicked off in 2020 when I started day trading. Um, I was jumping in, trying to figure out different ways to be able to improve my financial literacy, try to um, you know, get more money, <laughs> improve, um, you know, just like my, my different portfolios. Um, and then I started just doing different Google searches, started going on YouTube and just figuring out how can I start day trading? Probably remember in 2020, um, so, you know, COVID, all the stocks dropped. Uh, I started asking a few of my buddies from college, like, you know, what stocks should I, um, should I get into? And so they gave me some, you know, different stocks to, um, work with, but I started seeing like, the you know the market jumping up and down um i seen i started seeing that there's an opportunity to be able to buy low sell high so started doing some research in regards to you know <clears throat> how i can start day trading going, watching different youtubes on videos videos on youtube and i just ended up finding different um communities on your discord your slack um and started investing with those individuals and it was a great opportunity but the issue i ended up coming across was that uh, i hated jumping from app to app a lot of these different communities you know you have to be able to buy a membership to be able to join um and then in that particular situation you don't know if you're going to get your bang for your buck and so wanted to be able to aggregate them all on one platform and so renovest is a marketplace for online communities that teach financial literacy investing and building businesses and so we kind of like to view it as like the app store for chat rooms very cool. So how does, so do you play nice with, with discord and do you pull in through APIs, like those, those disparate communities so that you, so is that, is that an appropriate way to, to think about it? Yeah. So what we do is from a customer acquisition, I started with the communities that I already started 
um, trading in. And then, you know, I go to them, talk to the individuals who are these subject matter experts who are running their communities and kind of started demoing the product and showing them that there's an opportunity in which we can be able to get them new members. And so we just have them create a profile on Renovest. All they do is just add their particular link onto the, um, our platform. And then we optimize their profile where their current members, but then also new members that might be interested in um, joining in their online community, whether it's on Discord, Slack, Telegram, WhatsApp. Um, we make it easy from a discovery uh, standpoint to find them. Um, the thing is, what we also do is um, we want to be able to optimize their profile where their current members can be able to upload reviews, um, upload videos, tell a story in regards to how they made money, you know, how that community might have changed their lives, I made an extra 2000 to, you know, pay for my rent or made 30000 to, you know, put a down payment on my, you know, a new house. And so... Um, creating that more more of a trust and transparency in the platform so now individuals can be able to see stories from their actual members compared to you know seeing a particular subject matter expert or maybe an Instagram influencer on IG saying oh come make a million dollars with me you know yeah. you can't always trust that so right so yeah trust is huge so I'm curious how, you've been doing this for a few years but this isn't and we'll get more into Renovest but this isn't your first rodeo building yeah. something right right yeah. so can you talk a bit, like, like what's your, and you're from Boston. From Boston, Where'd yep. Where'd you grow up? Uh, so I was born in Mattapan. Uh, then ended up transitioning and uh, moving out to South Shore Randolph. And now I've been in South Boston for the past three years. Okay. What's Southie like these days? Southie's a good time. It's yeah. a, it's a, so I live um, close to Broadway. So mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite uh, restaurants, bars was Coppersmith. So they ended up closing that out. So I lived, used to live right across the street from Coppersmith. So me and my buddy, we were like 10 o'clock, like trying to grab a drink. Sure, we're in our pajamas. We were <laughs> friends with, you know, the bartenders <laughs> and the uh, managers. And so they ended up closing that down. But, you know, typically we'll go to like, you know, local or publico, um, have a drink, good time. But uh, I work out of Mass Challenge right down the street from nice. on Seaport. And so it's just a 14-minute walk, but I'm like three minutes away from Broadway. So super cool. convenient. Yeah. Cool. Mass Challenge begs a follow-up question. So like mm -hmm. for young listeners that maybe don't know Mass Challenge, like can you explain... Explain a bit, you know, explain a bit, you know, what Mass Challenge is. But like, yeah. what's your relationship with Mass Challenge? Is that something that you've kind of like that's helped sort of catalyze, you know, the Renovest or or previous ideas? Yeah, for sure. So Mass Challenge, um, I'm an entrepreneur in residence there currently right now. I've been an entrepreneur since. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I've been an entrepreneur <laughs> residence since January. Uh, but Mass Challenge is an incubator accelerator program for uh, high growth tech companies, for biotech companies, um, anything, any company that they can envision themselves, you know, scaling or can be potentially venture backed. And so they have amazing, amazing team, um, about like 4,000 plus mentors, uh, so many different partners that, you know, startups can be able to work with. And so they've been in a nonprofit business for about like 10 plus years. And great thing about them is they provide all these different resources, but they take zero equity. And so mm -hmm. you can be able to, once you go through the program, um, end up uh, pitching to for one million um, of rewards of ca free capital. Um, and then they dish that out to the different startups. So uh, I was actually a 
alumni of Mass Challenge before I became an entrepreneur in residence, and that probably transitions to some of the other businesses I started yeah. or was a part of. Um, back in 2016, I was uh, at Mass Challenge with my sister's brand, I Am Creole. So we well, ended up- the brand again? I Am Creole. Okay. Yeah, so a fashion brand, um, high-end woman's brand. So, you know, her story, she Older loves Older sister, to, younger sister? Older sister. Cool. Yeah, so, so she's an entrepreneur too? <laughs> yeah, so you got she is. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she- uh, she has a, actually a store, her um, boutique out in Somerville. But we went through Mass Challenge. Nice. It was an amazing experience. Um, so helped with the business development. Um, and yeah, helped with the business development during nice. the time. Where in Somerville is her shop? Uh, Bow Market. Bow? Yeah. Oh, Bow Market. Bo, nice. Yeah, I used cool, to live in Davis cool Square, so I know, I know the area. Yeah, That's awesome. a good spot. Cool. So that was the, so you did that. You helped her out with that startup, and then like, what was your first startup foray like yeah. on your own? Ended up transitioning, worked with her for five years, and then ended up starting uh, my own fashion brand in 2019, uh, January 2019. So it was called Pavermo. So it was after my father who passed from cancer and multiple myeloma in 2016. And so you know the idea when I wanted to start Pavermo was to really deal with the pain that I was dealing with um, from my father's passing and. I uh, had a conversation with my sister, my best friend, in regards to uh, turning that pain into power and finding different ways to be able to, you know, uh, you know, really push forward his legacy, right? And so growing up, I used to consider my father a renaissance man just because he was a creative. He loved to paint. He loved um, music cool. in his church. So he was like the soloist um, oftentimes, loved to do carpentry. Um, and then, you know, he would force me to, you know... <laughs> get more into creative um, av avenues. And so took piano lessons um, majority of my childhood, uh, which was annoying because I wanted to go out with, <laughs> outside with my boys and you know, play basketball. But uh, it was a great time. And you know, ultimately, I considered him a renaissance man. I was inspired in regards to how talented he was. And so with our brand, uh, Paul Ramon, it's a mixture of his wardrobe essentials, my love for streetwear. Um, and then we encourage individuals to live their renaissance. So ideally, that means... Um, reaching their fullest potential. So, you know, you know, whatever you're focusing on, uh, do it to the best of your ability. And ideally that's, you know, what I'm trying to do with myself and, nice. you know, all the different projects and businesses and startups that I start. Cool. I want to hear more about this Renaissance, man. So oh, yeah. what, so, so in terms of like, was, what kind of job, did he have different, like, so you're a bit younger than me, but mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll roughly say I can approximate that like our parents, say our parents' generation, yeah. like a generation ago, you know, certainly like the boomer generation, like could hold down a job for several decades. Yeah. Um, the modern work economy, whether you're a solopreneur or you're trying to just hold down, hold down a gig, mm -hmm. There's a lot of pivots, yeah. and you maybe can pivot within a company. Yeah. Um, but you're going to get a lot of jobs. So in a 10-year span, you might start a few companies, right? <laughs> right? You might work a few jobs. So, um, in part, I'm thinking he's in, in part a Renaissance man. If 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 perhaps you know, it seems he was doing a lot of different things to earn. Uh, is that a right assumption? Like, what what did what did what did Paul Rameau do actually as like an earner? Like, what was his like? You know, he's a carpenter. He's an artist. Yeah. Like, what were all the different kind of jobs I mean, he was know, holding down? It's funny. My mom was the person was the parent who actually went to work. So she worked. 
three jobs, um, two or three jobs at a time. So I used to wow. actually live with my, I used to stay with my father. So that's why I had so much time as a child. So he was a caretaker. Work. He was a caretaker. And your mom yeah. was out there hustling. <laughs> mom was out there hustling. So I was able shout to- Shout out to mom. Shout out to moms. Yeah. <laughs> the reason my work ethic, you know, that definitely comes from her. You said my two, career. three jobs at a time? Yeah, at a time. So both of my parents, they came from Haiti. So, okay. you know, even with the idea of starting Renabest was because, you know, I had to- ability to work hard. I had the, you know, the creative mentality, but financial literacy wasn't really, you know, taught because we, yeah. you know, um, didn't come from money. It was just trying to figure out how to make ends meet. Um, and so, but I was ultimately how we, I guess, save funds is and how my father was able to be additive in that is we never paid for anything that he can build from a carpentry standpoint. You know, we never, if there was something broken in the house um, out in Mattapan, you know, he would eventually end up fixing it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it was just being able to just see his particular talents and that really inspired, you know, the creative side of me. Um, but funny thing it didn't really tap tap in until like you know i went through college i went to bentley mm. so very focused on you know the four um account focus on you know accounting and finance and trying yeah. to get a you know really great job after school but um it wasn't really until i started working with my sister even there i had like you know very much of a business mindset didn't really tap in much creatively um, outside of my childhood and it wasn't until you know after he passed where i started you know actually designing more and started to yeah. you know get more into the the different things i used to do when i was a little kid like write poetry yeah. or you know different yeah. things like that so the fruits of that that uh piano labor too eventually <laughs> paying off like just right, right, right. working that side of the brain like shout out to pops for right. uh for pushing you on that front absolutely every time yeah. i see a piano i try yeah. to you know see if i can remember some keys but yeah yeah that's cool that's really cool that connection you have um I want to kind of double click on the financial literacy stuff because mm -hmm. you, know, you, you, you know, thanks, you, you were here early, you were around for my, my last interview and I, I kind of shouted out like, oh, go meet my cousin JP. And yep. I mentioned it over email and like, I imagine you guys already chatted a little bit. Um, but obviously you've identified, you know, something that JP's identified and a lot of people identify, which is right. sort of like, wow, damn, there's a few things I wish they taught me and like, at least by high school. Right. Like, right. I, I certainly wish I had some level of financial education so I could do a few small little things right. so that I could just, you know, play some simple games like compound. Oh, co not even knowing what compound interest was and how right. it could benefit me as a 15 year old. Like, we could mm -hmm. have, I could have so much more money in the bank. Right. So, so I'm just sort of curious, like, what's your, um, you know, what's your financial literacy kind of like journey been like and um what are you finding as you're kind of tapping into the community in boston mm -hmm. um in terms of like like minds you know now and like i just connected with jp it's like I, i'm sure you've connected with a lot of people i feel like renovest mm -hmm. just is going to continue to be like a snowball right. rolling and get bigger like rolling downhill um because it's just so obvious that it's necessary. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like let's like let's democratize wealth a bit more, right? right? Like yeah, keep taxing the millionaires and like mm -hmm. meanwhile like let's the rest of us let's let's get our shit together. Right? Right? Let's actually build wealth together. So right. like let's talk about that. Yeah. And it, you know, everything starts with community and that's why we're building Renovest is to be able to have communities more accessible that can be able to teach you know, these different things as far as, you know, budget and saving or taxes or how important credit is. And so, you know, growing up, you know, all my friends, 
ironically, we all was pretty much born in Dorchester or Mattapan. My best friend, um, two of my best friends, one lived right next to me, the other, you know, right upstairs. And so all of our families, you know, came from Haiti. And so we all had very similar childhoods in regards to, you know, really work hard, uh, go to college. So, you know, my mom's busting her butt, you know, all of their parents are busting their butts so we can uh, make sure we go to college. <laughs> they would tell us like, you don't need to make friends when you need to go to, go to college. We didn't send you that for that. Send you to school for that. Go be friends so, with your books. <laughs> go be friends with your books. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, ultimately is to, you know, get a really great job, um, whether it's, you know, being a doctor, lawyer, or, you know, some high paying job. Um, and then, you know, save your way until retirement. But ideally, you know, that's really difficult. And that's in regards to from an investment standpoint, you know, having money sit sit in a bank or sit in um, or not compounding, yeah. you know, on top of it, you know, does no, there's no benefit. Yeah, yeah, not working no benefits. for you. Yeah. And so, you know, even graduating in business school at Bentley University, we have a whole trading room there. And, and it's a, it starts with a mindset thing because I didn't know that I would belong to be in the investment room and start learning from other individuals. Yeah. And I already yeah. felt behind, yeah. you know, um, once I ended up getting there. But, yeah. you know, graduating, it was a still same similar mindset. Um, you know, working paycheck to paycheck, not understanding the importance of savings, especially when you get like a, a job right after, you know, school. I graduated in, you know, around 2012. And so I'm just spending my money <laughs> just to go out to the bars and the clubs with my buddies. Right. And so ultimately, you know, we all had. That's you know, what your pretty, 20s are for. That is, that is true. So <laughs> you got to get that out of your system. Didn't completely <laughs> screw it up. Yeah. But, you know, I'm pretty sure like, you know, Gen Z right now um, and from an influencer standpoint, there's so much different resources, especially on social media, that's empowering, you know, yeah. young students and young kids to start taking their financial literacy more importantly. Yeah. And so, um, so my way in which I thought like, you know, I could end up reaching financial freedom was starting businesses. And that was, again, you know, working with my sister and trying to figure out how can we turn this into a super successful business or, you know, transitioning into Paul Ramon. And, and you know, ultimately starting a, a company or starting a business is hard. And, you know, a lot, a lot of them fail. And so um, you can't be one track minded in regards to thinking there's, there's only one way in which, in which you can be able to, you know, grow wealth. And so um, it wasn't really until... Um, I ended up uh, getting to Car Gurus. I was there pre-IPO, was there after IPO, and it kind of got lucky in which I was able to get a little bit of lump sum money from there. Yeah. And ultimately, I didn't want to make the same mistakes that I did previously. And mm -hmm. so I started tapping into just whatever resources I could find to be able to you know, learn from other individuals who've been successful. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that ultimately that was, you know, through the online, you know, particular communities and so forth. But, um, you know, when I ended up, joining a you know a discord a slack that i was able to learn how to trade i ended up creating this one sheet document of how i learned how to day trade and i thought you know <laughs> i was it was awesome because was that your like, way of kind of open sourcing your knowledge for, yeah, for others exactly so and i created this it's one just sheet. a natural thing i'm gathering about right, you. it's right. like you you want to figure it out and then you want to share and like exactly and you know like let's let's go rise and tie lift all the boats exactly yeah. exactly so the first thing i did when i created that one sheet document of you know three months trading and so thinking I was an expert I was not an expert at all <laughs> um, it takes like three to four years to actually be good at um, day trading but I created this one sheet document sent it to you know my buddies that I grew up with and you know out of us out of nowhere and after two weeks I get like 50 60 requests to receive this Google document of other individuals people of color who you know wanted to learn oh, how to invest as well and so that really started a spark that 
you know, it's not only myself. That was kind of the MVP, to, early, yeah, early MVP for Renovus. Yeah, yeah, the first MVP yeah. for sure. And so, you know, with these online communities, and there's more that are run by people of color, but the first ones I ended up coming across, you know, weren't, no one, you know, actually looked like me. But mm-hmm. there was so much benefits and so much resources that I was able to gather. Um, and so I just wanted to just tell the whole world and just tell yeah. my whole community in regards to like, you know, yeah. come on these online communities. You can be able to, you know, find, meet new people. One, you're building your network, but then you're building your, yeah. you know, your literacy in these particular spaces. And so there was um, trust and accessibility <coughs> in that it was you, someone that you, yeah. you looked like the peers that you were sending it to right. in your like adjacent community, you know, community adjacent communities. Right. right. So that was because that inf- the inf- you know inf- it was like you were sharing information that existed, but it was not coming from a source that was like a peer, right? And you looked like you, you looked like each other. You were from you know same community, sim- similar culture, right? And and so that is that for for when you think about growth for Renovest, are you are you thinking about like how like all the because now there's, there's so many so many cultures. You know, I was talking about of this course. on the last podcast with Gabrielle. Like, I have a really interesting company that we. Um, Value Creation Labs does consulting with Vivo. Mm-hmm. And Vivo is like, you know, it's like kind of the modern MTV. And what I love about it is the reason that Vivo is a really interesting like TV network is that they have content from artists from like every cultural identity. Yeah. Therefore, they like resonate with audiences from mm-hmm. all these different cultures. Therefore, there's like all these like, you know, I work in like marketing and, and media. And, yeah. and it's just, there's just really rich like cultural insights. And so what I've learned more and more the last few years working with them and working with analysts is that it's, cultural insights, cultural connections, like that's the, that's how things get done. You know, that's how you win trust. That's how you inspire confidence. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like you're, you have something so special right now because I imagine, yeah, like like, to say black and brown is like very simple. It's Mm -hmm. like black and brown, like black and brown, like we're talking about, we're talking about Haiti. We're talking about like, like uh, Mexican immigrant. We're talking Venezuela. We're talking Puerto Rican. Like it's, it's, there's all shades. There's so many diverse cultures, but it's sort of trying to tap into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that like, I I guess I'm just, you know, I'm kind of riffing and and I'm excited on behalf, like on behalf of you, but also to sort of like learn more and just kind of be around for the, the growth that is probably happening but but upon you and we'll we'll have to get a little bit into sort of like where you are at in launch and like what's coming yep um but talk a little bit about that talk about sort of like how you're like who's who you're connected with who's on your team or like how you're coming up with like a go-to-market model you know i'm just gonna keep riffing a little bit like i imagine there's all these really interesting people right that are from different that you know identify like that represent different cultures mm-hmm. that are essentially like ambassadors of Renovest right that are trusted that can go into their communities and say yo check it out like yeah. it's not too hard like there's ways that we can like start building wealth like and it's gonna sort of like one plus one can equal four can equal sixteen can equal sixty four like right. let's go. Um, so just you know, I'm sure that's hopefully I, I know I'm, hopefully that's not too convoluted, but like as that stokes no, you yeah, whatever like, direction you want to go. Absolutely, definitely gonna um, pull back the layers there yeah. too. So it's like when 2020 ended up happening, in which um, individuals were benefiting from you know whether it's AMC or GMC and like you know all the money that was moving around and people crypto was huge and so forth Mm -hmm. um there's silver lining because obviously individuals lost money because of the volatility and how you know they just kind of like you know just buy stock and not know what to do yeah but I think the the other part was 
it started to inspire so many different individuals and so many different other cultures to be able to take financial literacy even more important or investing more important because they started seeing how much money individuals were able to make and the being swings. able to at least have join in on the conversations and understand where you, where you could be able to take advantage of those particular opportunities if you know, if you was a part of the conversation. And I think that um, momentum has continued to carry over. And now you're starting to see... Um, you know, individuals of color from all different type of backgrounds who've had experience investing or different financial literacy or real estate investing, creating their own communities in which they can be able to empower the ones that want to be able to invest with folks that look like them. And so, um, but ultimately at, in, in Renovest, we want to be able to, you know, really service folks who have come from, you know, different economic, um, uh, different economic backgrounds that, didn't you know particularly come from money or whether it's you know diverse obviously it's diverse individuals as as well but it's really you know economically you know what was the different type of struggles that you went through and so you know that could be you know any color um um in particular but ultimately we do definitely want to attack you know the particular wealth gap and be able to you know let um different individuals of diverse cultural background to know that there's different resources online that they can be able to connect with and empower the individuals who are um creating resources and opportunities for their members to you know make them more visibly accessible to be able to you know show that they are credible that they can be trusted um, and so, you know, you have groups like Earn Your Leisure. They just had InvestFest in which a whole bunch of black and brown, um, you know, investors or individuals from different financial wellness backgrounds came together in ATO and had a conference to talk about, you know, wealth and financial freedom and, you know, big influencers. They were able to pull like, you know, uh, Diddy and... Um, uh, Steve Harvey, individuals who were, you know, super successful that um, could, you know, folks uh, have been inspired by their journeys and their stories and so forth. So, you know, ideally from a customer acquisition strategy, how we're really kind of going about it is, you know, starting with the communities that, you know, we've, I've been able to um, vet in particular, but then start reaching out to these type of individuals who have created, um, you know, community within their members and making it a bringing them onto Renovest from a, um, to create profiles and, and so forth so they can be you know, ultimately discovered by individuals that are not familiar in regards to what they do. Um, you know, my team is super diverse. Um, currently, right now, we have about six individuals. Uh, we have Berlinda, who's here. She's on head sales and support. Um, we have Eric, who, um, Eric, who has come from an Asian background. We have our full stack engineer, who's from Africa. We have uh, Lauren, who's our lead designer, she's another black woman. Um, we have our technical advisor who's from South America. So, you know, even cool. when I have a conversations with different startups and they want to talk about diversity and how they can yeah. be able to, you know, build culture, especially once you're at Series A or Series B, it really starts when you first, you know, create yeah. your team. And, yeah. you know, that first initial team is starting to create the culture. And yeah. that's not something that can always be fixed from a hiring standpoint, totally. but it has to be intentional from early on. So even within the community of our own team, we're trying to be able to establish, um, you know, that different type of perspective and so forth. So That's awesome. One thing I was just, uh, just writing it down because I don't want to forget it, but um, I'll just bring it up now is sort of one thing that I've been focused more on in recent years is also generational diversity. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know when he'll get here at some point, but one of my analyst partners will be here. He's, he's probably about 55, 60 years old. Um, I'm millennial. Like I have, you know, some of my Gen Z are kind of 
collaborators here. Um, you know, I've, I, I won't get all into it, but, but it's interesting sort of as I've studied and, and embraced more sort of like this a, a, a diversity, equity, inclusion mindset, like cultural is a really good way to look at sort of like, um, you know, differently, differently than ethnicity, look at culture. Mm-hmm. But then from a diversity standpoint, don't forget generational diversity. Right. And, and I, I imagine for some of the um, growth and go to market for Renovast, like JP, boom, just connected you with a millennial. There's another right. millennial. Like just like, you know, trying to get the Gen Xers and the boomers and sort of, you know, when, v, when Vivo's kind of studying their audiences and they're thinking about sort of like the whole picture, they're looking at Gen, you know, they're not... It's crazy because I got daughter, you know, I have a six-year-old daughter and a six-month-old. They're Gen Alpha, apparently, which is oh, like, oh, wow. uh, I didn't even know about think, that. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's coming. But, like, you got Gen Z, you got Millennial, you got Gen X, you got Boomer. Let's, you know, maybe from those four perspectives. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just, like, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but just some another another angle that folks have sort of, like, suggested to me naturally I was actually getting good generational diversity and like how value creation labs was looking at problems. Right. Um, You know, regional diversity, cultural diversity, all these other things are important too. And I was like, Oh, like generational diversity. I'm like, Oh, that's a good point. Cause it's like, even if we all look different, but we're like the same generation, it's like, well, there's a lot of bias there. So um, it's just, there's all these different layers um, to sort of like, um, you know, think, think about sort of DEI. Yeah. Uh, It's so funny you mentioned that. So, so going back to 2020, um, it was funny because when the market started to, you know, really um, take a toll back in March of 2020, mm-hmm. my mother used to call me like every day, like buy JetBlue stock, buy JetBlue stock, <laughs> just because that's what she really flies. Yeah. Um, and so we're not, you know, super promoting JetBlue. Yeah. <laughs> and buying hey, JetBlue I'm a JetBlue stock. guy. I just went to Puerto Rico again <laughs> right, right, right. JetBlue points. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Shout and out so- to old San Juan. <laughs> So, um, you know, but I think she even started seeing like just the different shifts in my mom's in her mm-hmm. 70s. Mm-hmm. And so I started, uh, you know, OK, like my mom is like really on my back about, you know, buying stock. And so that kind of transitioned to me asking, you know, different friends from college, you know, what stocks to buy. But um, ultimately, when I once I ended up finding these different communities and I'm trading online, um, I lived with my older brother who was around 42, 43 at the time. Um, I'm 30 and my nephew, his son is about probably like 19. So we're talking, we're all trading and buying stock and selling it. And we're yeah. all come from different, you know, generations. And my yeah. mom is asking like, what stock am I going to buy? Like, yeah. did you make a, you know, a account for me? And so, you know, I think it really speaks to that in which um, I don't think it's ever too late to really start uh improving your financial literacy or start taking, you know, thinking about how important it is. Um, yeah. And so. Cool. Um, another question I have for you. So you went to Bentley. So mm-hmm. you went like the, you know, for a lot of, you know, for me, I can't imagine another path at the time, like to toward like kind of growing um, into sort of like the business world, like other than going to school, I went to Boston University. Um, and but but I Shout do wonder. Uh, there you go. It, it, that was, it was almost northeastern. There we go. Oh, I was wrong, in, wrong. Oh no no no. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's yeah no, so I'm <laughs> terriers. So terriers, yeah, another dog. Oh, I thought you were just chirping me. <laughs> um, I went to BU when. Do you remember Jose Wambarea? Little oh. feisty Puerto Rican dude that oh, he yeah. played. He played for Northeastern. He actually went to the NBA. Had a pretty good career. Mm, okay. um, he played for Dallas and stuff. He was, he was not, but anyways, that's when I was at BU, BU in Northeastern, I had a nice basketball rivalry. Um, so what I'm getting at is we, I feel like 
a certain I'll say I had to go to college. Like I, I don't, I can't figure out at the time I grad, you know, I graduated college 2007. So I was 03 to 07. I can't imagine like a path to where I'm at with having not gone to college. Mm -hmm. But I mentioned I have a six year old yeah. and a, an almost seven month old. Um, who thank God's been sleeping for almost all those seven months. <laughs> That's why I'm like pretty energetic right now. Um, you got lucky. What the hell is school going to look like yeah. in a decade, 12 years from now? I think about that all the time. Like I'm being smart. Mm -hmm. They each have a 529. Yeah. Spoiler alert, if you have kids or just know what a 529 is, I didn't. Yeah. My first daughter was born. I thank God I had that buddy right. who's like, you know, he's CFO of Synergy, big commercial real estate investment company downtown. Yep. You know, blue collar kid, grew up with me in Methuen, sends me a packet when Mila was born. We were still living out in California. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was a, he sent like a stuffed animal and he sent a, a Fidelity 529 packet oh, with a check. <laughs> and he's like, just open the account. Here's the paperwork. Yeah. Put this check in it and just Let us do, do it every month yeah. and do your thing. So I'm, I have 529s, which, you know, can be shifted into another type of like savings account if they don't go to college. Right. But are, like, what's going to happen? Like, what's happening? So like, what, you mentioned like, you went to school and then you went entrepreneurship. Yeah. How soon do you think we're at a point where like between like all the YouTube videos or, and then like open source training, like yeah. you could take, I mean, I remember when I was living out in LA, I took, I took the Stanford y, uh, y Combinator had a course at Stanford on iTunes U. Yeah. I didn't know there was an iTunes U. And then my buddy was like, dude, you can take a class at Stanford for free. Yeah. And so like, at, at what point, and there's like, you know, there's like all these like education initiatives like MIT, I think it's like, I don't know if it's like ed, edX or something, but there's, there's a lot of open sourcing of like good education. Right. So at what point are like, is it going to be Gen Z or is it going to be that alpha generation yeah. that is coming up? Like where, <laughs> like, cause I think that the chicken's coming home to roost right. as they say for higher ed, yeah. where it's like wait, I can kind of start getting this education in my teenage years. Right. I can go, you know, I, I can go specialize a little here, here, and here and go down and like start doing ultimately like, why do you go to school? Yeah. To get a job, to build wealth. Well, can I like accelerate yeah, that by four that years? Yeah, so, so, so quickly. What, what, are you, what are you experiencing like with your peers and like, would you, what's your hypothesis for the next decade? And and all right. that, yeah. Because I mean, it starts with like you know the older generation, in which it was like you mentioned, you didn't know anything else but to you know go to school, and it was just a small percentage or the crazy who would end up dropping out, let alone not you know actually end up going yeah. with the idea of still you know trying to figure out success, but on their in their own way. Um, I mean, two examples is. Uh, ended up uh, was at Mass Challenge. Um, one of the community leads was there, and she mentioned that you know she wanted to introduce me to this high schooler. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, that's awesome. Yeah. I tell you, <laughs> I wasn't able to meet him in person, but I met him over a Zoom over a call. Yeah, kid is probably as smart as me, if not smarter. <laughs> yeah. like, he already started a fashion brand. Yeah, um, he's from Seattle. Started a fashion brand. Yeah. Uh, started a marketing agency and I checked out his website. His website is better <laughs> than mine. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, scouting different schools um, on the east side from a, in regards to which Ivy school he wants mm -hmm. to end up attending. But he, you know, being at class or even college is like, you know, a last priority compared to like all the different projects that he's actually working on. And yeah. so that's an ultimate choice that he can get into Ivy League, but he can also decide like my business is already thriving. Yeah. 
I don't need to go. Yeah. I just met a kid in the lobby who already created an app and he's in high school as well. <laughs> and so ultimately what if it, what happens when his business takes off and yeah. he's like, oh, well, you know, I don't really need to go to school. And so right. like you mentioned, there's just so much resources that's, you know, out there that's available. Um, just the way that, you know, different things that they're thinking about or being, you know, um, these kids are, are thinking about being exposed to, you know, ultimately I wasn't, you know? Yeah. So, and so I don't know, like they it might be, it's trending more towards hybrid. it might not. Yeah. yeah. Way more hybrid. Just like how we're, I think higher ed's on. not going anywhere, <laughs> but they're going to look a lot different Yeah, and be more flexible where the business world's gotten a lot more agile higher ed will probably end up getting more agile. Yeah, I think like uh, more, two, you know, two year, one year, two year models, yeah. you know, more flexible models. I think, you, you know, you, you accidentally referred to the Boston University as Huskies. I'll bust on you one more time <laughs> for that. But Northeastern's co-op model right. is a model that is kind of odd that more schools haven't really gone super yeah. deep on that. Um, so, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I actually have one, one, one kind of other story to relate to on that. I, I had a guest, David, David Sood. Um, he was on not too long ago. He actually started Orca. I don't know if you've heard of this. Like, in your, mm. like just he's you know he's got a, he's built a really good social presence. Um, it's basically month it's it's month to month rentals and dream destinations around the world, oh, nice. fully furnished for digital nomads. Yeah. And when I met him, I had just moved from Boston out to LA. One of the f original founders of Boston, oh, before it ever got acquired by American City Business Journals, his name's Greg Gomer. He's one of the founding team of HQO right now, big commercial real estate software company in town. Nice. Greg Gomer emails me. He's like, yo, I got this kid. Yeah. You, you got to meet David. He's coming back to LA. He's from LA. He just, he's, I don't know if he's dropping out or he's going back, but he's, he's leaving, um, he's leaving Babson. He's mm -hmm. at Babson. Yeah. And so he They're probably encouraging yeah, Babson. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, they didn't want him to leave, uh, but he was like, he's just wanted to create stuff. So right. he created a, you know, he created a couple of companies. He ended up going back to, he ended up like not being on campus more than like a couple years and graduated in like three years yeah. and got his degree. Um, but his, his issue was, you know, he, he kind of had a few issues, but one that he summarized was, you know what a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses need to do these days if they're trying to win consumer favor, they just need to know how to run Facebook ads, yeah. buy ads on Instagram. You know what I couldn't learn at Babson? Yeah. How to run a Facebook ad campaign. Right. He's like, so I'm like, what am I doing? Right? right, right. Like I just like, and so I think the, the, the increasing sort of like changes will probably be around sort of like information, um, education, knowledge that is sort of just more practical and pragmatic. Right. And not, and not putting people on like maybe a four-year right. you know, plan. And then, yeah. you know, with AI playing a factor as well, making things a lot more efficient. And so, you know, I was just on a panel in regards uh, yesterday and one of the questions was, why aren't more individuals starting businesses since AI is so accessible and makes it so much easier to be able to just figure things out? And, you know, folks are starting to think like that. It's like, I can start a business, you know, really quickly like yeah. with you know less than half the time yeah. because of this and so um you know the individuals who's going to be the best at it is the younger generation and right. so um but no uh it's a really great question mm -hmm. and it's going to be really interesting to see uh yeah. how it ends up looking like but yeah. the point about you know education being hybrid i can definitely see that for sure let's talk more about renovest mm -hmm. well like we, we got some more time here i want to make sure we double click on it so where are you at in your go-to-market 
what is to come in terms of like sort of the development of your platform and sort of like your mobile app or apps that are coming? Like, mm -hmm. can you sort of like give, give folks sort of, um, you know, how they can experience Renovest now and what they can expect in the, in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So we just had our um, beta launch at Mass Challenge end of June, right before 4th of July. Well attended, surprisingly. Uh, well, not surprisingly, but the fact that everyone is traveling. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was great. We ended up uh, having a closed beta of 150 users. Um, we have a, about 180 since we've just been having one-on-one -on -one conversations with new customers, um, getting individuals, testing out the product, getting as much feedback as possible, um, and rolling from while we're rolling out our MVP. But um, right now, our focus is to get the app out on Apple Store, on Google Store, uh, about sometime next month. Uh, the funny thing about you know launches is every time I give an exact date, an individual <laughs> comes back to me and is like, oh, is it launched? I'm like, another two weeks, <laughs> another yeah. two weeks. So I yeah. try to not give dates anymore. Yeah. But um, no, we're excited to get the app out. Um, it's been a lot of momentum in regards to the city and uh, so much support in regards to the Boston ecosystem for Renovest and what we've been able to do as a team. Um, but we do are working with about 10 to 15 online communities that range from Facebook Messenger, Discord, Slack, WhatsApp, um, to have them create profiles on Renovest so we can be able to, you know, get them discovered by new individuals that are interested in, you know, whether it's startup or stock investing or real estate investing oh, yeah. and so forth. And that, the, between the 15 communities, ranges around 22,000 members um, that we can ultimately target. So we're excited about, you know, just continuously um, building that rapport and flourishing on those relationships to drive their members over to Renovest. Um, and then from there, it's just creating, you know, more word of mouth opportunities to, um, you know, have new communities jump on our, our platform. Um, and then just get as much feedback as possible, you yeah. know, iterate. Um, yeah, that's cool. So what? Let's talk. Um, my next, my next guest just came in. Sen, I can't wait to meet Sen for officially. Mm. She's over here talking to Stephanie Rulick from Startup Boston Week. We're here at Startup Boston Week, everyone. Yeah. And Sen's actually uh, a venture capitalist. And um, is that someone you have a relationship with? Do you have any relationships with VCs in town? Who are you? Like, yeah. do you have some some investors? And is there like a goal that you have in mind to get to a certain point to maybe go raise? Like a, like a series A, would that be your next kind of round that you would go for? Like talk a little bit about sort of like the capital raising side of things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Met Senafora um, and her team, they have a great team and they focus, for, focus on diverse uh, founders and creating like programs yeah. for early stage. Um, so that's awesome. But yes. I have been, you know, building, you know, some really great relationships with, you know, the different early stage founders. Yeah. Uh, well, not founders, early stage VCs um, mm -hmm. out in the city. And so, yeah. you know, ultimately we are getting into fundraising. So uh, right now we're focusing on angel investing and angel investors and just wrapping my head around, you yeah. know, all of that, talking to that many individuals, but, nice. you know, still having conversations with early stage investors as well. So, um, again, that's part of the reason, especially in this particular climate, we're trying to, you know, get our product out there, you know, show that traction, um, you know, grow our user base, show that engagement that ultimately, you know, we have faith that, you know, we can be able to make happen. But, um, so yeah, nice. I mean, it's the right time to fundraising. So yeah, no, it is. It is. That's great. Um, so there's a question that I always like to ask. Um, I don't know if, if you had a chance to see like the pre-podcast kind of questionnaire, but the last question is what, what challenge you have for, for listeners? Like mm -hmm. if, you know, it could be, 
a simple challenge. It'd be something you do, or it could be something you come up with. You're like, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself along with listeners. Like this is something yeah. I want to do. But what's a challenge that you'd like to sort of give to sort of the audience today? Yeah, absolutely. Depending on who the audience is. And ultimately I would love to talk to, you know, the individual that wants to start a business, but you know, might have fears in regards to taking that risk. Um, you know, ultimately live your renaissance and that's kind of like my life mission and that it's really about reaching your fullest potential taking that risk to you know be the best version of yourself so if you do have an idea you know tell a friend tell a family member you know let ask them for whatever their opinion that's the easiest risk that you can take outside of just you know actually building it yeah. and so but if you're ultimately keeping it to yourself then you know how are you going to end up knowing that you know this is something that you want to do so yeah. um so yeah Share a creative idea with someone close to you. Get some yeah. feedback. Yeah, just don't hold it tight. In yeah, your mind. because yeah. you know from there you're going to yeah. start. After you share that feedback to your friends and family, you're going to have to start talking to your potential customers and getting yeah. their feedback. Everything about yeah. you know building the business is getting feedback from. Yeah. the right individuals and you know the first stage is yeah. usually you know the first people that's around you might uh, ultimately you know believe in you right there's something that you shared on this podcast that i want to double click on and say it's something i'm going to use in the future when i'm talking to students at whether i'm at endicott college or anywhere else but is is actually one of the one of the one of the guys here today shout out to ryan archer um you know we have conversations about like what's the quickest way you can take an idea and put it into action? Mm -hmm. And when you created that like sheet yeah, and you just sent it to a couple friends, that was you putting the idea into action. That was a minimum viable product. Yeah. And so I think, you know, as you're, I'm sure you already know this, but yeah, in your, in your EIR role at Mass Challenge, which they're so lucky to have you. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really, really great example to give to anyone and say like, it's that, it's that easy. Cause I remember I was talking to, I was talking to Ryan one day I was like, he had this idea and it involved um, sort of like creating better, you know, more um, better, more granular data for students that were evaluating colleges. Yeah. And I was like, dude, build a spreadsheet. Yeah. Like just build a spreadsheet and then go to the high school you went to and say, hey, like here's something useful to students. Like just, just, just research the information, put yeah. it in a document and send it to people. And if it's useful... That's you a proof of concept, right? Yeah, you and don't so, even have to build out the whole product <laughs> to be able to find out. So I'm not surprised by your suggestion for folks to, you know, have an idea, go share it with people, you know, give it that stress test. And the, yeah, yeah, so like that's that's great advice. Um, Paul Ramo is very proud of you. I uh, appreciate and that. You, you, Thank you. And you, 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 you give a great um, lasting legacy to him. As a, as a as a as another Renaissance man in a line of Renaissance men. And shout great out to moms, dude. Oh yeah, and Shout her out two to three jobs, like two three jobs. My favorite person in the world. <laughs> she she sounds awesome. She is. Um, you're amazing. Super supportive. And this this has been a real pleasure. I'm I'm stoked that we were here at Startup Boston Week to to make this happen, Stanley. And I'm Absolutely. looking forward to the to friendship that unfolds from here. Absolutely, a thousand yeah. percent. Appreciate you having me, Zach. Appreciate yeah. it. Likewise. All right, Cheers. Bro. Cheers, Boston. <laughs>